Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Lots of things going on in non-league right now. We're here to chew the fat over it. It's episode 27 of the Premier Non-League Podcast. The Premier Non-League Podcast. Right, so, as like last week, only three of us are bothered to show up. Pete's got an excuse of work yet again, but, oh, well, work. He was a mother-in-law two weeks ago. Um, now it's, you know, it's a snow done with paperwork, which I don't believe, but uh, he's probably still down the pub having his dinner or something, knowing what Peter's like. And um, Gaz has got internet trouble yet again, so I think he needs to sort that out, Trev, don't you? Yeah, yeah, it's getting a, getting a frequent excuse, really, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not really acceptable. Um, you know, call ourselves professionals and all that. Um, and Chris, um, we've signed Kevin Phillips, so we're going to be in the Champions League very soon from South Shields. Um, all right? I'm not going to rise to your beard. <laughs> <laughs> he isn't, is he? He's not. He's, he's came very calm. Well, thank you. Very well indeed. And on the line at the beginning of the show, yeah, um, it's great to have him back on again, uh, David Blackmore. Is that, you came on... Hmm. Was it midway through last year? Was it? I can't remember if it was during the pandemic or was it? Uh... Yeah, it was, yeah, it was during the pandemic. It was just when um, all the wrangling was going on about um, yeah. stopping the league, wasn't it, or whether yeah. we were going to carry on playing? Yeah. Uh, well, it's um, it's really great to have you back, uh, Chairman of East Wales. Great to be here. Um, obviously, we're on for other. You know, we're having a full season of football, which is nice to see with yep. fans, with crowds, uh, and some good quality football. And it's good to see you back on. But we've got you on for another story tonight, haven't we, David? And I'm sure we'll get into that very soon. I, I would imagine so, yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> but, but, but before we get into that, did you have a good Christmas period? Did you have a good, did you have a time of Christmas and New Year? It was, it was a very nice time until um, Boxing Day when I came down with the dreaded COVID. Oh. Um, so, so Christmas was great. And then Boxing Day through till just after New Year's, I was, I was um, in isolation, unfortunately. Nice. And uh, um, how, were you, how were your symptoms? Were you all right? Did it major effects yeah, or anything? I, I, I was fine to be honest no, no worse than a bad cold I've, I've had worse colds than, no, than it's, with that so it's good to hear yeah because uh, I mean that's what I'm sort of hearing of the latest wave of COVID a lot I'm, I'm, a lot of people I know are getting it and it, they say it's no worse than a bad yeah. cold so I, I think my, my wife lost all her taste and smell and things yeah. so um, but we, we, we all came through relatively unscathed has so. you got the taste and smell back Yes, yeah. Oh, that's good, that's good that's to know. Yeah, because I know some people that still haven't. I think that's one of the most frustrating things in life. You can taste or smell something. I think, you know, it'd be oh, horrible yeah. to lose those senses. I, I was kind of hoping I might get those symptoms so I might lose a few pounds. But <laughs> I, I, I didn't get that, so. Oh, no, no. no well, we won't talk about it because anything on the moment on this podcast, we talk about food week in, week out, or burgers <laughs> or something like that. So, you know, that's probably a good thing. Um, how's the season going so far for Eastbourne Borough, for those listeners that won't know? Uh, we're, we're going very well, actually. Um, we're, we're up in seventh or eighth now. Um, we, we had a disappointing loss down at Bath at the weekend. Um, but before that, um, had a couple of good back-to-back wins. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're up there. We're, we're doing probably better than we were expecting to, again. Um, mm-hmm. Second season running, actually. Um, you know, we, we're one of the teams that has probably the lower budgets in the season, in the league. Um, 
but similarly, Hungerford are the same. And, and us and Hungerford probably played out the most exciting game of football I've watched all season last weekend um, with two of the lower price squads in the in the league. So, um, but we, we're doing well. We've got an outside chance of making the playoffs if we keep going. Um, if we get some injured players back. So yeah, it's a really, really positive season so far. No, it's good to hear. It's good to hear when the sort of the clubs that you know don't spend loads of money do well because I think that's what it's a bit like league football. It's really like we prefer to yeah. see that, and you know you want to see the clubs that got the lower budgets doing well. So fingers crossed for the run into the season. You've got another yeah, um, club up the south coast that maybe we'll see you next season, but uh, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's too. I, I don't want to talk about that yet because it's too nervy. But I, I, um, I think it's, a, it's a pretty much a dead cert now. Oh, it? I don't know, mate. Like we uh, we'll talk about it later on the podcast. But we did have a little uh, a little hiccup at the weekend with the last minute equaliser. It felt like a loss, but it wasn't a loss. Yeah. It was a point still. But nah, um, we're playing Folkestone tomorrow. It's another big team. But uh, yeah. uh, it's very nervy. But we're starting to get into the business end, aren't we? And this is when yeah. sort of you know it's already the end of January. God knows how that's happened. Yeah. And you know, next thing we know, it'll be sort of March, and we'll be sort of completing the leagues. But um, yeah. some very close uh, teams around the leagues at the moment. Um, so, David, we've obviously got you on because uh, Eastbourne Borough made uh, some news recently. Probably not the, the best news that you'd want to see for the club happening. Um, but before we get into that, I know Trevor and uh, Chris got some questions to ask. What is the story of the ownership at Eastbourne Borough? Just for a little bit of background information. Um, the, the ownership, it's not as complicated as it sounds. Oh, sorry, Eastbourne Borough, I've just got one nil up, by the way. <laughs> um, very good he's watching the under 23s for though under 18 so, so, so i don't know so he's, he didn't cheer he's very professional there which is uh thank you <laughs> <laughs> um so, so yeah it's, it's not as complicated as many people seem to believe it is um yeah. but basically many many years ago when eastbourne bowl was langley sports back in the original days when we were coming up through the county leagues um the 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 land that we're on was leased from the council um, and the council said that they would only lease the land to a charitable organisation. So at, at that point, Langley Playing Fields was formed, which is now Acorn Charitable Trust, which everybody will have seen the name in, in the news. Um, so Acorn Charitable Trust is a charitable arm that was designed just to ensure that the football club was safe and secure for the future. And they rented the land off of the council um, and actually just recently have uh, bought the land. So the land now belongs to Acorn Charitable Trust. Acorn Charitable Trust are 51% shareholders in Eastbourne Borough Football Club, CIC. Um, now, back in the day before we were CIC, there were different elements of the club. So there was Eastbourne Borough Football Club, there was Langley Sports Club, which is the clubhouse and the social arm. There was um, Langley Bowls, Indoor Bowls Club. There's the archery section. There's all the different sections. And they were all run at that time by separate committees. Um, albeit that the chairman was on each committee was Len Smith, who was the current chairman of the football club at the time. Um, hey, just before but, you go on, could you just yeah. explain to the people listening, probably might understand, what is a CIC, a community interest company? Right, so, so, so that's where we, we then formed as a CIC. So we're a community interest company um, and the community interest company owns and operates all aspects of Eastbourne Borough Football Club. So all of those things we just talked about come under the umbrella of the okay. CIC. Yeah. And as a community interest company, 
we're we're obliged to operate in certain ways. We have to plough profit back into the club. We have to do work for the community. We have to, you know, and and that's part of the ethos of East Bournemouth Football Club. Hence why we got Community Club of the Year back in two thousand and eighteen. Um, and so when we became that CIC, um, a couple of things happened at that point. A, it opens up more funding options for different elements that we wanted to work with. Um, but it also enabled us then to bring in the youth section underneath Eastbourne Borough Football Club, because at, at the time it was a, a separate entity, really and truthfully. So we brought that in. We managed to develop the Spirit of Football Squad, which is our disability football and, and things like that. We, we brought in girls football we've now got a women's football team bringing in things like man versus fat onto the pitch and things like that they're all community aspects so so even down to the fact we have a tai chi club for oaps in the clubhouse Brilliant. um you know we, we support local hospices last week i had the honor of going down and giving away a set of football goals to a local school that Excellent. we purchased so so the cic was set up to own and operate every aspect of the football club but also play a role in the local community at the same time. So, so that's really where, where we're at, really, and truthfully. So when, when we say Eastbourne Borough Football Club, we, we don't take the CIC bit onto it because people get confused. Yeah. But it is Eastbourne Borough Football Club. CIC. So I guess it's a little bit like, you know, what some of the clubs in Europe do, if like they have, like, you know, Barcelona have a basketball team, they have a handball team, they're like, right, on a completely different scale, and they're yes. not community-owned, but it's under one umbrella, like all the sports. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Fantastic. So, so the CIC then, um, Acorns Charitable Trust owned 51% of the shares. And then we have numerous other shareholders. Anybody can come and buy shares in Eastbourne Borough Football Club CIC. And a number of the fans do buy shares. Um, you know, we, there's still shares available. But so we are beholden to the shareholders of the club, really and truthfully. So the board of directors act on behalf of the shareholders of the CIC. And we have to operate the club along those lines you've obviously got that bit of yourself doing that and the social club sort of almost sort of is it almost sort of like two separate things together in a bit of a clash it, it is and it isn't so there's some historical hangovers in in reality so when i took over as chairman what was it three three and a half years ago yeah. um, that was when the club was in the financial difficulties that we had um and i and i think true to say that Actually, the football club, everything that's on site here was put in place to finance first team football. Yeah, that, That's the ethos of the whole club. So everything is done and we will always have a first team football club here. Okay. So some of the hangover from history is that we had all these different committees running all different sections. Now, we'd already disbanded the football committee because we were... Why do we need to do that? The board of directors actually operate the football club and should be in charge of the finances. So one of the very first things that I done when I took over as chairman was to say, well, actually, I'm sorry, I'm not comfortable with people that aren't on the board of directors making financial decisions yeah. for which we're ultimately liable. Of course. Um, mm -hmm. So, so we, we took the football committee away. And what, we do, what we've done on that was to put in operating groups instead because obviously the board of directors can't get involved and run every aspect we, we are you know and this is probably a, a really important part is that there's a real misconception that the board of directors are paid and earn a load of money out of our football club every single person on our board of directors is a volunteer so you 
you have to have operating groups that are going to do things elsewhere. So, so we have an operating group for the football side, which consists of myself, Gary Wilson, who our ex-manager, yes, who's know, yeah, yeah. Kind of in, in charge of football matters, if you like, on the board to advise the board on football matters, and John Bonner, the CEO. And we work with Danny really, really closely on all football matters and, and report back to the board. So the board still have a say in everything, but we have an operating group that operates that little section of it. The other section, the, the sports club part, during the pandemic, um, obviously only the football people were back in working. Yeah. We had to take over ownership of running that and looking at it. And I, I, I suppose true to say that previously um, the board didn't really dabble too much into operating that side of things. But we, we got in there. So over over the pandemic, we refurbished the clubhouse. We looked at different remember, ways of yeah. working in there. Um, we, we put new health and safety policies in place. We, we've done an awful lot of different bits in there because the reality is that we have to make more money everywhere in the business. That, that's what we have to do. Yeah, um, so, so we disbanded that committee and we changed the constitution of Langley Sports Club, um, as was our right under the constitution of the CIC, to say that um, the sports club committee for the sports club part would be made up of directors. But we would have operating groups, again, that we'd, we'd invite people onto that, because it's important that the club members have a say in what goes on in the club. You know, there are people in there we have a bingo night on a Sunday night. Well, with the greatest respect, I don't think any of them have ever been to a football game and don't really <laughs> care about the football club. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we have darts in there on a Wednesday night. Well, you know, it doesn't necessarily follow that they care about the football club. Mm-hmm. So, so it is important that they have their say. So we, we're going to have operating groups and, and do all of that kind of thing um, so that you're still operating it in the old committee style, but with directors having the ultimate say on anything financial and anything legal and anything health and safety wise, rather than putting that onto the shoulders of somebody who, you know, quite frankly, well, I'm, I'm coming in here because I care about whether we've got our Christmas decorations up or not, not whether or not we're making enough money to cover the finances and do what we should be doing. Um, so that, that was really the way that we started operating then. And I think as well with like what's happened over the last couple of years where, no fans in, in grounds obviously meant the incomes dropped. Looking Absolutely. at every single aspect of secondary spend everywhere has now become more crucial, you know, because you've got the people in, but now we've got to make them spend a bit more because if, heaven forbid, ever, anything happened again, you would then hope that you've got that little bit of cushion, uh, you Absolutely. know, in the, in the bank. But obviously, if you don't look at it, it's, you know, kind of meanders on, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and as a board of directors, actually, it, it's our responsibility and our accountability to make sure we are fully involved in every single aspect of the business. And actually, it's part of the rules of being a CIC is that the board of directors have to have that accountability and, and we are ultimately liable for the company. And I think as well, having the trust as the major shareholder as well, possibly help that process get together sort of held the glue together to make it stick yeah for the resolution very definitely i mean listen i I think that the trust and the cic board have never had any issues ever so we've always worked very closely together and actually the, the the trust don't 
get involved in the slightest with the running of the football club. Um, they leave that to us, but we're very close with them. We know them. They, you know, a lot of the people on the trust are the founder members of the football club. So, so there's obviously that interaction between us, um, and we have a CIC AGM every single year, which you know any shareholder can ask the questions, and and the same as any company AGM, they can put their questions in, they can challenge us, they can you know. We have to publish our accounts and what we're doing and how we're doing things. So for anyone that's listening, wants to become a shareholder of Eastbourne Borough, how do they do yep. it? All you need to do is drop an email to either info at ebfc.co.uk or ceo at ebfc.co.uk or indeed chairman um, at ebfc.co.uk. And anybody can buy shares from £100 upwards. And you become a shareholder. You then have the right to attend all the AGMs. Um, and have a say in the football club. Oh, fantastic. So obviously off the weekend of the 15th, 16th, there was a the disagreement and falling out, which has now been resolved. Um, yep. You know, what brought the resolution around? Obviously, there's probably there's difficulties. You don't, I'm sure you don't want to relive the moments. It obviously did from reading the statements. It wasn't the nicest of a sort of a no. evenings by the sound of it. It's now been re- resolved. Um, yep. What's to prevent this happening again like is there anything being set in place for this to happen again or arguments to think or do you think this is really now in the past what yeah, I, I, I think it's very definitely in the past now um, yeah. and and I think you know listen everybody has to learn lessons from things don't they so it would be easy for me to sit here and go oh they were all wrong we, we're yeah, right of course. You know, all yeah. that. You, you, everybody has to learn lessons so some of the changes that we made and, and I don't want to blame COVID too much but some of the changes that we made possibly haven't been communicated out yet because of COVID. So a number of meetings that we might have had were we fully open and up to speed and all the rest of it didn't happen due to COVID. Um, We've got our CIC AGM um, on the 21st of February. Now, as it happens at that AGM, we would have been anyway, even if that incident hadn't happened, be talking about all the changes we've made within the last 18 months Mm -hmm. Um, including changing the constitution and why we've done it and what we've done and the reasons behind and and that will all have come out at the CIC AGM. I think what's happened is because club members are back in the club now, we're Mm. back to pretty normal how things are going. Um, A number of the club members suddenly went, well, you know, we we want to have an AGM. We're just going to, we'll get 30 names together. We'll call an AGM. We'll vote in a new sports club committee because we, we don't know who's on the committee now. So that's what happened. Hmm. Um, now, they have every right to do that. You know, our constitution allows if 30 members want to call an EGM, they should call an EGM. The, the reality of it was that when they called the EGM, they called it on two very specific points, both of which would have been totally unconstitutional. And at that point, we, we almost had a choice to either say, right, well, actually, we, we'll just let it happen and we'll just say no, if you like. Yeah. Um, or we can talk to these people, try and explain what's going on, try and explain why we're doing what we're doing, um, and try and come to some kind of agreement and resolution of a way forward and a way of working going forward. Um, we had numerous discussions. I personally had numerous discussions um, with people that were involved in, you know, I don't want to say up, uprising, but <laughs> involved in the group of people that were trying to push this event forward. And unfortunately, some of it got hijacked by people that were just unhappy with different things at the, at the mm. club. That, that you know, that so happens, you know, yeah. that happens. You know, 
But it's funny you say that, Dave, just to pause you there. It's like, you know, I think we've found on this podcast since, you know, returning from COVID, you know, you're probably not the only club, you're probably not the last club that were going to have problems because people have got hepped up for in COVID. You know, I myself have found frustration at my club, but maybe for it, for it sort of, I'm not, I'm not looking at the bigger picture here and why reasons are made. And, you know, that's, you know, we've, we've discussed other clubs, you know, there's been sort of disagreements and everything going on at the moment. So, you know, it doesn't surprise me that from a fan's point of view, that they've been, that this has happened in not not in the respect it is, but there's so many yeah. fans that I think have missed football and you know almost been like cabin fever and they've sort of been let out and they've been allowed back in the grounds and they don't agree yeah. with this or price rises here, there, and everywhere. Do, do, do you know what I, I think back to um, a, a long while back and and this this is probably the start of kind of some disquiet amongst the group of fans was when we had when we were we were playing football still we were the only ones playing football still. Yeah, no. So, so we we come up with different ways of keeping in touch with the fans and all the rest of it. But then, when we started gradually letting fans back in, we were still under some really strict COVID protocols because of being an elite football yeah. club at that time. Now, whether you agree with us being elite or not, and I, we had that discussion the last time that we, we yeah spoke, we did yeah um, we were under those elite rules. And one of the COVID protocols that was put in place was that you couldn't allow people to leave the ground at half time. Okay. Now, historically, at Eastbourne Borough Football Club, half-time, the gates get open, everybody goes out to the club, we're coming back in, la, 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 everybody's happy. We weren't able to do that. And then when things started relaxing slightly, it was the fans were like, well, we want to we be able to leave the ground at half-time. Well, sorry, you can't. Yeah. Now, we had a fan, and, and actually I spoke to the league about this, because we had a fan who then took it upon himself to go, well, I don't think it is because of the league rules. So he wrote to the league and said, is it in the league rules that we can't leave the ground? So they replied, no, it's not in the league rules. <laughs> because it wasn't a league rule. It was yeah. a COVID protocol and a COVID regulation, oh. not the league rules. The league rules are set in stone. <laughs> but they weren't particularly helpful to us, because they, if they'd have communicated with the club that, or something, communicated, yeah. you know, but so he's immediately then taken to social media and our chairman's a liar. You know, I can prove it. I've got this letter from the league that says he's a liar. You know, they're just they're just doing this for their own purposes. And of course, that starts the unrest happening, doesn't it? So, you know, we, we've now taken credit card payments on, on the gates. Well, a number of our volunteers are very elderly people that, with the greatest respect to them, they've done a fantastic job for years and years and years of taking cash through the gate. We've now got an iPad there and we want them to take credit card payments. And they're like, well, oh, I'm not doing that. Well, you know, we need you to. <laughs> yeah. You know? And and so that again, oh, you're driving all the volunteers out. You don't yeah. care about the volunteers. Well, no, it's not that. We're mm. just, we, we have things that we're putting in that are moving on. Modernising. And, and modernising and, and trying to enhance what we're offering to people. And we can't let everything stand in our way just because mm. of historical ways. Mm. So so that was probably the history of it. And and then, of course, you, you get the sports club members come back in and it's like, you've moved our dartboards, you've, you've done this. <laughs> you, you know, and that's that's one our problems. Yeah. And and that's what created this whole disdain, angry yeah. environment and, and the disdain. Where it come to a crux, I suppose, was that the, the board of directors had, after I'd had numerous meetings with some of the people, and whilst it wasn't the trust board, it was a couple of the founding fathers who were involved in the meeting. And I basically said, listen, we are, we are willing to make a number of concessions and we're willing to 
put an awful lot of stuff back in. But there's a couple of red lines. And actually, if you're going to try and tell us that we must have this committee structure back in place and let the committee run the club the way it did before that got us into financial difficulties, then I'm afraid as a board of directors, we're not willing to allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. Because as a board of directors, we are not going to help us hold ourselves legally responsible and accountable for the actions of people operating on our behalf and taking those financial decisions. And if you try and force that through, we could just say no and change all the locks on the door so that none of those people can get in and and just refuse to operate it. But it would have been a very toxic environment Mm. down here and one that we didn't want to work in. Mm. So we said, if you push this through and make it that toxic, then we will, as a board of directors, resign. Okay. That's what then led to the meeting where actually a, a group of people, and I would say only a group of people, almost cheered when that was stated. Um, and that's where we said, right, actually, do you know what? That meeting was on the Thursday. We weren't going to do anything before the Saturday because I thought that would have been incredibly unfair to Danny and the team, mm-hmm. um, albeit he was aware of what was going on. We had a final meeting with somebody at about quarter to six on Saturday evening after the game. A and good game and a good result from what I remember. Was it 5-2, a, a, was it? A great game. Pro- probably one of the best games seen down at Private Lane for years. <laughs> so as, as, your your as stomach must have been churning tenfold after this one. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then at quarter to six, we had this meeting. And at six o'clock, we decided as a board that we had no other option but to reside on mass. Now, a lot of people have asked, was it just posturing? Um, and actually, the reason the resignation went out is because that group of people didn't believe that we would resign. And it wasn't about posturing. And, I, and I've always said that, you know, you, you should never make a statement like that unless you are prepared to walk away and follow that through. And, and we did. I will say in the back of my mind, I always had this hope. And I, and I say hope because it was only about 30 to 40 people that created the incident. And we have over 1,200 members. But as always is the case, you end up listening and pandering and spending all of your time on the noisy minority course, yeah. It's just like social media, really, isn't it? Yeah, (laughs) instead of listening to the silent majority. Mm -hmm. So I had a hope in in the back of my heart, if I'm honest, that this might provoke the silent majority to come out and go, no, this is not right. And I have to say that's exactly what happened. It's exactly what happened. It Um, sounds like you've got the uh, 1920 Q2 committee at your club. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Hi, Pete. Nice for you to join us, by the way. That's okay. Not a problem. Um, And then when we had major, you know, I had lots of discussions with Andy Miller, who's the chair of the trust, um, who was begging us to kind of come back and resolve things. And so when when it became very, very clear that we had the complete faith of our major shareholder who owns 51% of the shares, and we had the complete faith of the vast majority of everybody else and the fans and all the rest of it, it was a case of sitting down with the directors and going, right, listen, I think everybody's shown their faith in us. We don't want to see the club going down a path that we don't want it going down. So we all agreed on mass to withdraw our resignations and and carry on operating the way we are. And we will learn a lesson. We are still going to put together those operating groups of these different arms. And, you know, the people that were put forward, we'll invite them onto those and, and stuff like that. I think it was just important that, everybody around the club understood the way that the, the CIC has to operate. And I think because it's happened gradually over a number of years and a number of the people that are here have been here for 30, 40 years supporting the club, nobody's really recognised those changes that have gone on. And so in their view, what the hell is this group of directors doing trying to run our club? 
No, I get you. I get you. So hopefully that's the end of that. I mean, have you seen, has there been any awkwardness since? Have you had another home game since the whole incident or not yet? Uh, we haven't had another home game, but but I've been down in on numerous occasions for, yeah. for training tonight, for instance. So just, just walking here now from the changing rooms over to this box. You know, there's numerous fans that are here that come to our normal games and everybody's shaking us by the hand and just saying, welcome back. And no, it's good. great to have you back in place. So I don't think there's any awkwardness whatsoever, really, and truthfully. And, and certainly there isn't from our side, you know. Listen, That's good. 30 club members are entitled to do what they want to do and, and have that, that vote. Um, nice. That has to be the way that you operate. Um, yep. I wish it hadn't happened the way it did. Of course. But I think we've come to the end of it. I think it's probably very good for the club going forward mm-hmm. because I think now everybody understands it far more. The local paper were very good and printed both statements for myself and the trust in full, which explains really what went on and, and the reasons. Coming on to f- things like this, you know, it's great that you've given me the platform to come on and answer questions on it on here. No, we do. Um, we do appreciate it because obviously it's one of those subjects that can be, you know, a very awkward one to talk about, especially when it's upset and, you know, people are obviously yeah. not keen and obviously it's not the easiest for yourself to come and discuss it so openly with us. And, you know, it's really, really good for you to come do it. So we do appreciate it. No, more than welcome. No. So, David, last question before you go and we let you get on and watch the 18s. Are Worthing going to be seeing you next season promoted from uh, the Ismian Premier in the National South or are you going to be up in the sky highlights of the National League? I, I, I know what you'd prefer. I believe we, I, do you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if there's not three of us along the South Coast in the National League South next season. Oh, is there, is there one word beginning with L you maybe think? Yeah. yeah. And, 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 so and it wouldn't shock me to yeah. see all three of us in the same division next season. And I guess that would be quite a good uh, feisty derby for you, a sort of takeover, because our, our Lewis derby is a bit of a sort of... It's a, it's, a, it's not as a rivalry as Bogner, El Clasico, so let's put it that way, but yeah. Lewis is always a bit of a saucy, tasty tie, and there's a good lot of banter on that. So I guess yeah. Lewis and Eastbourne would be a little bit closer time, so that could be a yeah, nice feisty and, rivalry. And I, I, I think it, it always was back in the day. Yeah. So, um, you know, but I listen, I, I think Worthing over the last few years, I've got to be honest, I, I think they're fully deserving of yeah. being able to make that step up. Yeah, but it's a very similar position to Hastings, isn't it? Where you know slightly lower divisions, but yeah, of course. You know, two, two seasons running, you're, you're in pole yeah. position, and it I tell you what, I'd, I'd happily give Hastings Worthing's position in the Ismian Premier League. I, I think I'm people sure would agree you. with that, and Trevor. I'm sure we'd, we'd happily say, Here it is on a plate, you have ours, and we'll take enough one. But, um, no, David, thank you so much for joining us and giving up your time this hey, evening. And uh, welcome back anytime on a PLP. Maybe we'll do an end of season special and we can yeah, catch up with you and uh, see what the sort of result of the season was. But, um, let him go and watch. Uh, is it still 1 0? It's still 1 0, it's half time. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. So is that yeah. time for a pint or is it a top of your coffee? Coffee. Coffee. Very good. Very good. Uh, you're a good man. David, thank you very much. Thank you and keep up the great work, guys. Yeah. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, thank, buddy. You. thank you. Bye. Are you PNLP? Well, a very interesting chat with him. You know, I mean, Trev, well done for using your little black book of friends. Um, <laughs> to get him on the podcast tonight because um, <laughs> don't shake your head Pete. Pete, don't shake your head just because he's not in your black book uh, <laughs> uh, that's just Saturday night in the last melon for the women players we won't we all Pete's uh, had a go at both me and Trevor on social this week saying we're ganging up against him so we'll give him a break tonight but yo thank you David Blackmore the chairman of Eastman Borough gents I'm sure you can agree he spoke with his heart on the plate yeah David always speaks with great integrity and professionalism really an excellent orator and um What's that? That's a big word for me, that. 
You need to dig and find out for yourself. I will, mate. Oh, I'll look, he, he's being salty tonight. Just he is, isn't he? A little bit. He's being right salty. Trying to give <laughs> Worthing some shit earlier. And then, keep, like, keep it up, now. Chris. Keep it up, Chris. <laughs> oh, is that what it's going to be? The top two versus the bottom two. Right. Shots fired. The pensioners versus the youth. That's all right. <laughs> well, Peter, you know, you start. Anyway, right. Before we get into a punch and slang match, Peter, I first say Happy New Year to you because you haven't been on the episode because you blamed the mother in law last time. Uh, but we all know you were down the pub. I wish. You wish. What? I wish. What? I wish. I, wish I, I don't know what. I wish you pub. what. <laughs> you wish the reason you weren't here, or you wish you had been down the pub, but we won't say what that is. I wish um, I was down the pub now. I've had a stressful day. No. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And it's been big news in the last week or so, especially up north on the tune. Well, not really the tune on the Shields. Um, Tyne and Weir. Graham Fenton, mm. the long-term manager of South Shields. Someone that Chris probably would have thought a couple of weeks ago would be the guy that may be taking them to the title this season. Yeah. All of a sudden was sacked. Was he sacked or did he leave, resign? He's been relieved of his duties and put on guard and leave for the remainder sacked, of the conference. Sacked, basically. Yeah. Um, and I know through the chat group, I was surprised. You, mm. you were very surprised and you weren't short to make a decision. Especially because the bed was still warm when Kevin Phillips was announced as manager. So, as you said, there's it's like any football job. I never liked that fact when someone's clearly been colluded against in the background, possibly not knowing about it. I'm sure Graham wouldn't have known about it. Um, well, to start off, I, I, I was shocked. I got, I got, a, I got a text message on the Sunday morning, uh, mid morning, saying that have you heard that Graham Fenton is going to get sacked and Kevin Phillips is coming in as new manager? And I just said, that's rubbish. Less than an hour later, there's the announcement that Fenton has been sacked. And then two hours later, there's the announcement Phillips is in now. Because I thought you were originally joking in the group, because I know we said before yeah. Phillips being about a South Shields guy, and you went, oh, it's Kevin Phillips. So, yeah, all right, mate. Yeah, well, that's look, when a friend of mine sent me that text, I said, no, that's rubbish. No, no. I'd only I'd seen Fenton in the bar less than 12 hours previously, mm-hmm. you know? Did so, he seem fine? Seemed okay in hindsight, maybe. But... Jeff Thompson, the chairman, reading the, the various interviews he's done to the written with, with the written press, um, he intimated that discussions had been conducted with Graham prior to this around about Christmas time. Now that fits in with the result against Hyde United on the 11th of December. Uh, the result and more importantly, the performance which was absolutely diabolical. Now, I believe that that really was the straw that broke the camel's back. Mm. The following Saturday, the 18th, 
against Witten. The match was postponed. And ironically, that's going to be Kevin Phillips' first home game tomorrow night. We then played Whitby on the 27th. Performance was slightly better. Result was, was OK. 2-2 draw. Beat Scarborough on New Year's Day. But it wasn't a, it wasn't a classic. You know, it was a pretty dour game. Um, and then we're at home to Radcliffe on the 15th. 2-0 win. Reasonable game. Reasonable performance. You think, well, we're, we're starting to turn a corner and then bang, comes the announcement. Now, because also you said you're talking about these past results. We we joked on the last episode that you said, ask me in a month yeah. how, how you think you think we're going to get promoted. And you confidently said yes. And that was yeah. still with Fenton in charge. Yeah, because JJ Hooper has, you know, has made a bit of an impact up front. Um, our, our right back, Jordan Hunter, again, ironically, is back tomorrow night after being out since early September with a broken arm, which means that Mitchell Rose potentially could move into midfield where we really want him. So things were just falling into place a little bit. So Graham Benton can count himself very, very, very unfortunate. Mm. But at the same time, if you look at the bigger picture, um, performances haven't been great this season. So the whole ethos of South Shields Football Club, particularly in the Jeff Thompson era, has been about playing attacking, entertaining football, which is what was provided for several years. Mm. Over the last 12 months, performances haven't been great. It's been predictable, stodgy. Um, Home form in particular has been awful. Away form has been great, Mm. but home form poor. And also, I I, I mean, Jeff Thompson is a very successful businessman. He's no mug, he's no one's fool. And, you know, he's invested a lot of money into the club. Supporters and shareholders have invested a lot of money into the club. We're full-time, we're professional, and should be winning the Northern Premier League with real comfort. You know, it's a, it's a tough, tough league, make no mistake. But if you look at it, South Shields are professional in a, in a semi-professional stroke amateur league. So should be right up there, leading the table and winning the league by six, nine points. That's what you'd expect. That's one of the things you said as well. You said you think it was a season too early or a, a division too early to go full-time. Yeah, time. I, still, I still stand yeah. by that. You know, yeah. go full-time, new stand, everything. It's a division. Now, that's not the club's fault because no. it should have been promoted two years ago. Yeah. And the whole plan no was... No feeling. No feeling. Yeah. So the plan was to um, just settle International League North, build up the fan base, then develop. So that so the developing at the time they were going to develop but unfortunately, COVID has stopped the progress of the league. So, so performances haven't been great. But the irony is that Shields found themselves in third, second place in the league, having not played very well, to be quite frank. Um, we're getting some, one or two very important players back, just appear to have turned a corner. And so Kevin Phillips comes in and he's got a great set of tools to work with. He couldn't really ask for a better way to, you know, dip his toe into the waters of football management, really. So he needed a shot in the arm. And I'm just going to say, Jeff's no mug. And you will have seen how Sunderland are progressing this season, you know, going for promotion. Newcastle have been taken over, so the anti-Ashley mob are back at St James. But they're going for relegation, aren't they? Yeah, well, I think <laughs> whether, they, whether they stay up or not, it's immaterial. The yeah, fact of course, yeah. Gone is, you know. So yeah. there was a risk that the work that had been done to build the fan base was going to be slightly undone. 
And what this has done has just given a massive, massive shot in the arm mm -hmm. to the club. All of a sudden, you know, last Sunday, Monday, South Shields Football Club was trending again on yeah. social media, huge. Live on Sky Sports through the week as Phillips was being in, um, unveiled to the press. It's unheard of at Northern Premier yeah, League. Yeah, for, well, for a step three club, that's really unheard of. Yeah. Live on Sky Sports. I mean, it, it's yeah. absolutely huge. Um, Saturday, away to, we were away to Warrington, who were fifth in the league. Always, always a real tough, tough task to go there and get anything. And we played really well. It should have been 3-0 up after half an hour. What was the final? It was 2-1. Um, and we held on magnificently in the second half. Warrington piled everything forward, threw everything but the kitchen sink at us, and, and we, we withstood it. But it was just, it, it seemed to be a bit more of a feel good factor among the, among the players. And I'm not saying Graham Fenton lost the dressing room, that's not what I'm saying at all. But I think there might have been a slight fear factor among some players. Yeah. And a real telling thing for, for Ronnie and I, we commentated on the game. We looked at the team selection straight away. Robert Briggs, former club captain, in at number 10, having not played for weeks. Clearly him and Fenton had had a bit of a falling out. He was stripped of the captaincy in September. So things weren't great between the two of them. Um, he's been our best um, creative player for three years since Julio Arca retired. And he was he started. You could just tell that there seemed to be a, just a little bit of something that hasn't been there. Often you find that, though, with new managers, don't you? You, you do yeah. often find that it's something different when a new manager yeah. takes over and they go on that new manager bounce. Yeah. Well, unless, unless you're at Barnet or Watford. <laughs> <laughs> look, at, look at tonight with Watford. What an absolute heap what's, of... What's heat. happened there? Uh, well, Ranier, yeah, Ranieri got sacked and he's been in three and a half yeah. months, hasn't he? Oh, really? Oh, enough of sacking. Yeah. So, so Saturday, there was a real feel-good. I mean, Warrington were great hosts, a good club. Good a good side. There was over a thousand there. We must have had about five hundred supporters down there, and it was a great feeling. Um, three points, his first game, and we're at home tomorrow. We're expecting a crowd of maybe two and a half thousand plus, which for a Tuesday night will be huge. Do you think that's because of Phillips? A lot of absolutely. like, you know, yeah, absolutely. casuals. Absolutely. You know, had that not. It's happened, a marketing thing as well, surely. Absolutely. You know, like yeah. But ordinarily, tomorrow night, Whitten Albion home. Tuesday night, school night. You're looking at maybe 1,700. Tomorrow night, who knows? It could be 2,700. Who knows? And then on Saturday, we are at home to the league leaders and they are going to bring a few up so that it'll be bouncing on Saturday. And you've and got so Buxton, Buxton soon as well, haven't you, Chris? We've got Buxton away the following Saturday, yeah. Mm, big games, aren't they? Big games. But, massive, yeah. massive games. But um, as I say, Jordan Hunter's available for selection tomorrow night at full-back. Great, great, great player. So it just gives us new options. But just before we move on, I was talking to some football supporters yesterday about this mm. whole scenario at South Shields. And one of them said that Mick McCarthy once said that football clubs should make a change every five years. Now, whether that's a change of manager or a change of team, a football club should make a change every five years so it doesn't stagnate. So if you look mm. at different Manchester United, who had had Alex Ferguson for 30 years, he, he rebuilt teams four times. So it's a change which has happened. Fenton's been there just over five years. Had it gone stale? Possibly. Mm -hmm. um, when he lost the dressing room? No, but clearly there were some misuse with one or two players. And it's just given, as I say, a huge shot in the armour. I mean, Kevin Phillips. 
ridiculous. Yeah. So I guess, obviously, we're, we're us on the pod, I'm sure you are for us at Worthing. We, we hope Shields go up as champions. <laughs> but do, do you feel that if you do get that, if you get there or get promoted, obviously, Phillips is going to be taking all the plaudits, which rightly mm. so, he's the manager. But surely the majority of that's going to be Fenton's work and you're going to feel a little bit sorry and a little bit like, you know, a little bit f- mixed emotions there. Yeah? Very much so. I've got mixed emotions now. You know, I, I knew, I didn't know Graham very well, but I knew him to talk mm. to. I did have a pint with him. He's not a friend him. then. Pardon? I said he's not a friend then. No, he's not a friend. <laughs> no, because no, he doesn't go around the manager's house like Pete did a few weeks ago <laughs> and have drinks in his living room. But um, yeah, but I do know that the majority, the vast majority of Shield fans will, I'm quite sure, if Shield got promoted, would pay tribute to Graham Fenton because, of course, alongside Lee Pickton, who still remember is chief executive at the club, but the two of them built something very special. Mm-hmm. Started by John King in 2015. They've made some huge, huge advances at South Shields and um, Graham's been a massive part of that instigation of the academy Graham and, and Lee were the original managers of the academy so there's a lot that we have to thank Graham for and we said that on our podcast last week and we wish him well now I guess we're gonna have to do a regular our Shields gonna get promoted according to Chris and uh, in the next podcast, I think you have to sort of you'll start getting the idea what Phillips is going to be like as a manager, and you'll be able to report back. Are you going to promise to try and get KP on the podcast? I'll do my best. Can best you ask him to sort his as well. Yeah, what is that quiff about? Honestly, midlife crisis. What car's he driving? An Audi TT as well. Got no idea, but mini metro. <laughs> he needs to do some work with the hair. I mean, I know his mate uh, Keith quite well. I'll have, a, I'll have a word with Keith and say, "Look, can you get Kev to sort his hair?" Yeah, and get do. on the podcast at the same time. So then, yeah, we're go never going to get. You've just criticised his hair. We're never getting him on the podcast now. <laughs> yeah, let, let 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 Trev ask him that question in person. I then, will. Obviously. I will. Don't you worry. Yeah. Well, he almost <laughs> okay. he almost signed for Barnet as well, but didn't. Yeah. Well, looking, looking escaped. yeah, we're looking as what David was saying earlier, and we were saying hopefully he gets us out another South Coast derby mm. with us next season. We replace it. Um, Pete Worthing's promotion push has taken uh, it's not really a dent, but there's two separate sides to this on Saturday because obviously, for those that don't know, Worthing conceded a literal last minute equaliser, it could have almost been a, a, another last minute winner for Hornchurch. Uh, the way we were playing kind of just went very defensive. And as I said to Pete, and I said it on the commentary, it felt like a, a loss to me. Pete was still like, he's a voice of reason quite often. <laughs> he often does try and calm me down, prevent oh, me yeah. from having a cardiac on the air. But it was a 1 1. And you know, we went into a 90 plus whatever minute and it, it just felt 90, like a loss. 93rd minute. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a good up, but I'm not losing any sleep. Well, know? I'm not We've... now because I saw one of our players, Jasper's, had a sports massage today uh, in in time for the game against Folkestone tomorrow. So Marvellous. But before before that, the, the only games we've lost recently, um, well, we didn't lose on Saturday, we drew. No. Uh, but before that... We lost, lost away at Margate in December and we lost at Cold Shore, obviously, at the beginning of the new year. Yeah. Um, but two, two, two tough places to go, those two places. So I'm not, mm. I'm not losing any sleep. Tomorrow is huge against Folkestone. That is absolutely, an absolutely must win. It would have been pressure off if it would have won on Saturday, but, but now that, that is really a six pointer. Is it must well, win, Pete? Is it must win? It's not must win, but it's kind of one of those things that they're, they're around lose. us and they've it's got games lose, in hand. Surely, I'd say, yeah, based on lose. where folks are on the table and where they can get if they yeah. win their games in hand, I'd say you don't lose it tomorrow night. As simple yeah. as that. They've got to go to some of those places you've been in, and that's one of the reasons why South Shields are in the position they're in, because other teams are dropping points as well, and, and Folkestone will drop points, everybody will. I just think, look after yourselves. You're good enough to go up. 
you've proved it over the last three years. Um, and, and, and no, I, I think I, I, it, it's a must not lose game. If you want to just maintain that momentum, that if you, if, if, if folks don't get three points tomorrow, that's their momentum stopped as well. They'll that's true. A different way. Yeah, well, there you go. Chris, the voice of reason now. Uh, <laughs> it, it, I think for me, it's just one of those things that, you know, you, you get you get so passionate and dug up. And, you know, it's, it's like it's just exactly like you. you. We know we've had it robbed off us the last couple of years. And you yeah. see this. And, you know, even one of the, we had one of the guys from Brighton Rocks pod um, down at the game. And he spoke to me and Pete after. And he was saying, look, at the end of the day, you've still got four points clear at the moment as it stands. And which is true. Like, which uh, you look at South Shields, you're not at the top at the moment, are you? You've got games in hand, I think, but you know, you're not, you're not at the top. We're sitting pretty with four points. Yes. That gap could be even close to one point, possibly over. I don't know if we can be overtaken, Pete. I think it depends on the match tomorrow. Doesn't it? If we lose, then that's when we can be overtaken by games in hand. But I think it's that thing. You've got such a point at one stage, it was uh, nine points clear. I think we were possibly even more than that. And obviously the games are so, close and as you say dropping points all over because I was speaking to Trevor on the phone there is no real runaway leader in any of those leagues from National National North National South to any tier three Trev well funny you should say that I, I was having a look through earlier I was looking obviously at the National League title race is this his stat is this, this your is stat? my stat yeah we right, should get out... your own jingle dun, dun, dun. <laughs> stato. Out, out of the 12 divisions at steps three and four there's only three divisions where it's a one horse race Everywhere else is so close, and and also where you've got the games in hand as well. So I mean, some some divisions there, you've got three or four of them that are so tight, and they and they are clear of the rest. But mm. you know, there's just those just three divisions out of twelve at those two steps that those you know three sides are, are well out in the in the wind. Yeah, like seven league Premier Central, um, that's the, Bam- that's one Bam- Bambury United, 30, thirteen yeah. points, thirteen Massive, points yeah. ahead. Yeah, mass, and I think Peter Sports have got one game in hand, haven't they? So they've yeah. got ten points basically. Peter yeah. Sports have got two games in hand. So seven yeah. points then, really. So I mean that's still a big gap. Our church, our church are fifth. They're in the playoff place. That's fifth your little not, that's your little mid- <laughs> Midlands club. <laughs> Midlands club. The one that he still didn't get a non-league correspondent from, but we won't talk about because it's a touchy subject. He's still going on about that. Oh, well, you know, we set you one job and you had two times to do it. Give it a rest. Whatever. <laughs> whatever um but you know in, all in all um i think for a neutral for someone taken out of this room maybe more of trevor looking at the lower leagues obviously barnet probably a, a non-entity this season for promotion or whatever would you say yeah yeah exactly yeah. um someone that loves non-league though um and you know even me deep down other it's very exciting and, you know, it just shows that this is what should be attracted to the fans. You've got City running away in the Premier League. And I don't know if it was you, Pete, or was it one of the other guys we were talking to at Worthing on Saturday? You know, it's meant to be the best league in the world, but City are running away with it and no other team close. It's not a competition, is it? No, it, it's just it City. It never is. never is. And occasionally and that's what, Chelsea. Yeah, so that's what... But then you, if you look at, the, look at the Premier League, you know the winners are going to come from one of four teams, maybe, you know, and that's pushing the boat a little bit, especially this season. Yeah. You go down to... Take the National League, you could throw a blanket over the top seven. Yeah. Even then, there's two or three. I put a blog up um, the other night about it. And then I've got Torquay fans coming at me going, hang on, we've picked up 16 points out of 21. I'm like, well, yeah, that's a great run, but you've also played more games than everyone else in the top seven. So you've got yeah. to keep that momentum going, but they can do it. I mean, Hartlepool yeah. came from nowhere with something, I think, like a 20-game unbeaten <laughs> run and only just about the last two or three games couldn't keep up with um, Sutton. 
you know you see that though quite often don't you like there's always that thing that story at christmas i think when blackpool were promoted out of league one they were bottom at christmas and they got promoted you know it's one of those things that you just see happen so often that all it needs is a run and all of a sudden you got these teams coming out and now we're like jesus where have they come from I mean, talking about, you know, National League, you know, one of the stories that's come out is that um, Gillingham was speaking to Bromley's manager, Andy Woodman. Now, Gillingham are bottom of League One. Bromley are in and around the playoff places, are they? So, yeah, three points in, off the top. in theory, Andy Woodman goes to Gillingham, gets relegated, and could face his old team, Bromley. Now, as a, I guess it's a head and half in because uh, Jim, Gillingham are just a sort of tin pot club from Kent. There's nothing special about them. They're always yo-yoing between League One and Two, occasionally the Championship. You know, Bromley are on a real journey now. You said it's out of his hands, it's out of his control. Whether Bromley gets some money out of it, I don't know. But as Woodman, wouldn't you like to see the journey that Bromley are going on to see it through? Because I probably would as a manager. Yeah, you've got that glory of being in League One, but look, looking at Gellingham and where they're playing, they're getting relegated this season. But he wants to be a football league manager. <clears throat> you know, that's a difference. But he could as a Bromley. I, yeah, yeah, he, he could. He could. Wouldn't I you mean, prefer? Um... Wouldn't you prefer it? It's kind of like when footballer goes. Like, I remember one of the footballers that we had. It was um, Carlin Ahern Grant from Charlton. He left us in the season we got promoted to the Championship through the playoffs. He left us at Christmas to be a Premier League player at Huddersfield. The season that Huddersfield got relegated to the Championship, Charlton got promoted, so he ended up playing them anyway. Would you? I know you had the chance to be a Premier League footballer, probably a lot more money. But would you rather be in a team that's been relegated or be in a team that's been promoted, and you end up in the same division anyway? A little bit. The thing is, though, I mean, if you look at the National League, though, Bromley can't compete with the budgets of what there are in there. I mean, mm-hmm. I was just looking. Um, Ollie Palmer signing for Wrexham from yeah. AFC Wimbledon, three hundred thousand pounds. Bromley can't compete with that. You know, they get a, a really good average of about two and a half thousand people, which is massive on what they had when Neil Smith first came to the club ten years ago. But they can't compete with those kind of budgets. Yet you've got Gillingham, an established football league club. Again, they may not be able to compete budget-wise with a lot of the other clubs in League One or League Two, but they're established. You know, Bromley are batting well yeah, above no, well above their average in terms of resources. They're doing, you know, they did well under Smith, they've done fantastically under Woodman Beast. Made no no secret the fact he wants to be a football league manager. And, you know, I think well, it was only a few weeks ago we were sitting here and Hartlepool had got him all signed, sealed and delivered and he never went. So, so what do you think? Do you think he will go? Uh, reading the front page of the non-league yesterday, doesn't commit himself to Bromley. The Bromley fans I, I speak to on Twitter, a couple of them were telling me last week it was it was done done and dusted, signed and sealed, was going to be announced by Friday, he never went. The difference, I think, is what Scully wants to pay in compensation for him than what Bromley are saying they want for him so if that doesn't get resolved that'll be the only sticking point yeah Yeah, other than that I think he'll go personally because his ambition is to be a football league manager and if he can get it now if you want that on the CV he may not get that chance again who knows and I guess if he does time for Gillingham now they get relegated he'll be given a clean Clean slate, clean bill of health, get us back up to League manager, One. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things. There's probably no guarantees of getting up to the Football League. You know, wait and see the end thing. Management's, you know, a difficult game anyway. I mean, you look tonight, we got that message through Sean Saunders at Hayward Heath. has been sat seven games unbeaten, seven points off top. Is it an odd decision, do you think? Or is it, again, a bit yeah. like the South Shields thing? They want to ensure they get promotion into the Eastman Premier. Odd, very odd. But they made a change to get themselves up, which is... Bizarre, like, a bit like especially in, this in time, a, way, a bit yeah. like Fenton. Really, you're in you're in that position, but um, we saw it last year or the year before, I think. Bromley and Notts County both changed their managers in the playoff zone. Didn't make any difference. Both still finished yeah. in the playoffs. So I don't know. You can't 
you can never tell, however close you are to a club, what's going on behind the scenes. Mm. If something's triggered, you know, something can can only be one, you yeah. know, can, can be one small thing. It happens. Well, Pete, we know when we uh, played Hayward Seath in the Sussex Senior Cup, I wonder if they still got that unit. Do you remember they just put that lump on the pitch? To, just, oh, he was huge, wasn't he? He was this huge was guy. He came on in like two. on the, in the like seventieth minute, and he literally just plonked him and just whacked the ball at him in the hope it deflected off his chest into the net. <laughs> it was something I've never seen before. He, he literally got, he was, got one. He, he did get one, didn't he? He was yeah. absolutely huge, and then huge. we were quite scared because we thought, oh no, he's going to end up. Uh, <laughs> he's going to end up beating us and anyway, it's just this- my thoughts on it is you just basically played just over halfway through the season so the border clubs are probably looking at the table and thinking right if we bought another manager in there possibly a bit better for the rest of it give him a little bit of dosh maybe we can get that that final push and get them over the line maybe there's a bit of thinking like that obviously clubs at the bottom they do it all the time because they want to survive and they think it's worth changing why not clubs at the top thinking right if we make a slight little change here we mm. could virtually guarantee ourselves a promotion this year no it's true yeah it's true I, I don't think Hayward Teeth will get promoted just from I don't know it's, it's a funny I think Hastings have got that promotion yeah I think Hastings probably have. and obviously the playoffs will be interesting management wise Chesterfield FC today Suspend managers, manager James Rowe for misconduct. The Daily Telegraph in 2015, he was disciplined at West Ham for treatment of younger players uh, and undertook an awareness training course employed by the club and then let, was let go. Chesterfield have not said anything further, so it's all speculation. But obviously fans are possibly putting two and two together getting five. But could it be a similar thing happening again? Is there, has there been rumours of some unrest within the players and the squad for a manager to be suspended? Misconduct is very strange. If you see what I've seen tonight, He'd be gone in the morning. Is it able to get on air? Or is it liable at the moment? Is it being confirmed, or should we not talk about it? Just no, in I've, case? I've, I've, uh, someone sent me something that someone else had posted. Yeah. Um, from the Maidenhead game from last Tuesday night. So if you want to go and find it online, find it. You, yourself sh- you can share the link to us after. And, yeah, and <laughs> and have a listen. And then while I've been on now as well, a couple of other people have have uh, put some longer video thing how someone's recording this just of a free kick as well at the Maidenhead game last Tuesday night which they lost um I don't quite know but it's not pleasant I would say and unfortunately the someone out to get him do you think no I don't think so I think um I've heard he is quite relentless with things he's very very driven which is why Chesterfield went for him from from Gloucester but you know and, and results speak to you know speak volumes on the pitch of what they've achieved this year and, and where he's actually taken the club compared to quite a few people that have tried in the past whether it's gone one step across the line this time um I don't quite know but I can't see it being more than about 48 or 72 hours before it's sorted out one way or the other but that could be a massive massive say in the national think he's gone? race huh? do you think he's gone from what you've seen i think so i wouldn't now be surprised if um if that you know derails them a little bit depending on depends on on on, on how close knit squad they are as well but the way stockport are running together could be um it could be quite a quite a detrimental effect to them i think and just uh, just as we're trying, we're about to wrap up in the next five ten minutes gareth decides to turn up with his uh internet what great timing mate do you know what i mean yes, I mean, um, trying to trying to take the plaudits. You're like bloody John Terry, <laughs> just getting up behind with the trophy. Um, yeah, yeah, got the Wi-Fi. So it took an hour. Uh, yeah. All those dodgy websites. You're worse than Pete, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said uh, you were leaving him alone, James. Uh, no, I didn't say leave anything. him I'm alone. Just, I'm just saying um, <laughs> what I've heard. Maybe he's gonna. Maybe I'm being libelous right now myself because you know. He... <laughs> uh, anyway, good to, good to have you on, mate. I'll oh, shut up, you. Go, go and sort your Wi-Fi out or something. Anyway, um, talking about conduct and behaviour, 
Lee Lyshenko, Bristol Manor Farm, has been handed a 12-match ban by the FA, which we spoke about a few weeks ago, I think before Christmas, on mm. the last podcast episode about his behaviour and the talk about referees and the abuse of referees, which is completely unacceptable. Uh, are you surprised that Bristol Manor Farm stuck by him? Yes. 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 I'm, yeah. I'm shocked because I, I didn't actually realise. I, I thought in my head that they had actually sacked him, but I was wrong because he's still there and he's on 12-match ban, which I think brings him back maybe his penultimate game of the season, I think I read. I'm more shocked though. 250 quid fine, that's it, for breaching a couple of FA rules. I'm like, really? That's that's nothing, you know? Mm. Let's... I'm sure I've read on Twitter as well that he's got form. It's not the first time he's done it. That sounds like James Rowe, doesn't it, all over again? Yeah, maybe it's his understudy. He's done it before, so if he's done it before, he's going to do it again. For me, 12 matches isn't enough. It's in its split between, I think, isn't it, eight-game stadium ban and a four-game touchline ban. He's not going to be able to manage on match days, is he? So, why again, why are the clubs standing by him? Exactly. I cannot believe that, I mean, God knows, because there'll be someone else that could take that role as manager, but, you know... Who knows? Who knows? The wacky, wide world of non-league football that we love. But I think, as we've said plenty of times, there's no need for abuse. You know, we spoke about in the last one, you know, the Bogner game, uh, the player was getting abused by being called the C word constantly. Which is not acceptable, but then I don't think it's acceptable that player then sort of made out that it was racist abuse, which he later admitted that it wasn't because he put a statement out saying racist abuse is no place in the game. But then came out later on and said, actually he wasn't racist so why put it why use that sort of you know there's no place for racism in the game we can all agree on that but why use just abuse which is playing bang out of order you know they were, they're not white and white Bogner because they were abusing our goalkeeper lobbing bottles at him so you can't turn well, around I won't, and... I won't talk about next Tuesday though. what's next Tuesday last Tuesday even oh last Tuesday well we beat them 2-0 two, two in the cup was there oh yeah and there was fighting outside the ground after weren't there yeah the Bogner fans ambushed the Irving fans so that wasn't a pretty sight but again, as we quite rightly said in the ground on Saturday, Pete, if that had been the other way around at Woodside Road... It wouldn't have last of it. No, Jack Pierce would have been... Meh, 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 all over it, you know, yeah, as he always does. Um, but it's just not acceptable. Like, you know, it, you know, clubs can't... I can, tell, can tell Chris is impressed with your Jack Pierce impression. I've got a sore throat for doing that. He actually sounds like that bloke off the Muppets. Meh, 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 meh. That's what he sounds like when he's shouting from the stands. Uh, old man he is. But, you know, the thing is, at the end of the day, they, they made a big deal, stadium and everything like that, and their fans go and start beating up our fans. Yeah, right, it might be a small minority, but then you've got their fan accounts taking pictures of the road it happened down and putting it on their Twitter and sort of goading the Worthing fans. It's so unacceptable. But then they go and say it's not acceptable the week before. Ugh, it just... Mind the hope. gap. Jay. Yeah, mind the gap, mind the gap, mind the gap, mind the gap. Um, anyway, before we start wrapping this up, Trev, any any tasty uh, ties in the vase and trophy? I think North Shields are in the vase. This uh, yeah. are you are you are you happy for them or are you gonna are you are you, are you... oh yeah yeah I mean yeah. there used to be massive rivalry rivalry between South and North. Is Shields. it like Bogner and uh, Worthing? Mind the gap, but I know they're in a different division. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's the gap. <laughs> yeah, they, they are two levels below, so it's it's it. it but me personally. I've gotten waxed the ground with North Shields Football Club. Ironically, the last time they won the FA Vars was under the under the management of Graham Fenton. Mm. And um, to see a North a Northern League club going well in the Vars, I'm always happy to see. And long may that continue. Very good. Very so, good. So last 16 in, in both competitions, right? In the Vars, five clubs left from the Northwest Counties League out of 16, which is mental when you look at like everyone else left in here. Got, you know, I mean, the... Sussex have got no one left now. Little Hampton are out. I think the Southern Counties East, which is Kent, have got one left in it. 
and the Wessex, I think, have only got one left in it down our way as well. So that's like, you know, that a, shows how strong the North is, though, isn't it, in the Vars, though, Chris? Always yeah. has... I'm going to say something here. There's a lot of North West there, but only one from the Northern League. And I'm, I, for the last few years, because the Northern League have dominated the FA Vars mm. for many, many, many years, there have been a lot more Northern League, mm. all Northern League ties in the Vars in the last couple of seasons. The cynic in me just wonders whether that's on purpose just to try and break the shackles, you know, break the stranglehold on the Vars. I could I've be wrong. Seen, I, I've seen Southern sides win, win the Vars, not very often, but not very often. every now and then. Not very often at all. I just wonder whether let's try and get a few Northern League ties, all Northern League ties and try and break that trend. And it, it, it's worked this season. There's only North Shields left. I wouldn't know what a, a, an FA competition like supporting the teams I support, to be fair. Can't be bothered with any of them. <laughs> and then when I'm picking out in the, in the trophy as well, Tunbridge, Angels, managed by a good mate of mine, Steve McKim. Um, they're having a, another friend here, you know. Contact books, you know, does well. Trev's um, little black book. Yeah, they're having a bit of a torrid season in the National League South, but in the trophy, they've knocked out two National League sides in Torquay and Kings Lynn at home and then got another draw against another National League side, but local derby against Bromley in the next round. And then one better from them, Needham Market, knocked out Yeovil and drawn Dartford in the next round, do a top three of the National League South. So some clubs that are uh, not doing quite so well in the league and, and a bit bit lower at knocking out National League clubs like nothing. A Stourbridge yeah. or um, Geisley still in it? Yeah, Stourbridge have got solid home okay, walls. Cool. Because um, that leads me on to a point that I read in the non paper, which is, I guess it's a short discussion topic we can end on, really, is um, Stourbridge sacked two players for skipping their FA Trophy game, being on trial at two full-time professional clubs. Now, Okay, I appreciate, you know, they may have been their best players, but, you know, as a Worthing fan, as Peter says, I'm sure Shields has happened a lot. Shields are professional now, but, you know, I'm sure. Mm. Would you step in the way of a player that's playing at your club? Because we know it will happen. We've seen it. We've seen some of our players go. Ricky Aguirre went to Swindon Town in League Two. He's currently at Chippenham Town in National. You know, I would never be angry at them for going and trying to fulfil their ambition. So isn't it a little bit of a weird thing that Starbridge just sat them? doesn't well, say whether they were under contract. Or not. Um, but then they would still get the compensation for them, wouldn't they? You know, I mean, let, let them have that chance. Well, I do know. I mean, South Shields, there's two two players spring to my mind who've had trials at football. Well, actually, one had a trial at a Premier League club. So we had um, Will McCamley on trial at Huddersfield and Zhao Gomez on trial at Wolves. Now, Shields can stand in the way. However, they were trials that were conducted off season. So they didn't miss any games. Yeah. This is different, I think. You know, for missing games, it's, it's a bit... It's, it's stepping, in, stepping in the way of their, like, full-time, foot, possibly football both, ambition. From both sides. Mm-hmm. Because they've missed a game or two, you can see it from both sides. I think it um, helps with the reputation of a club, though, doesn't it? Like, it's like but, you look at Worthing ooh. and the success that Worthing have had with players stepping up the leagues. Look ooh. at Finn Stevens. Finn Stevens, the Premier League player. Brentford, yeah, playing, playing in the Premier League. Like, I think it helps with the reputation of the club. If the... If they don't stand in their players' way, then Worthing's reputation among having players stepping up the leagues is is second to none, I would say. But if you look at it from another angle, if say two of your best players this season mm-hmm. miss a vital promotion yeah. 
Clash. But it's just a trophy game and it was a rearranged trophy game. Yeah. It doesn't matter though. If you're under contract as well to that club, which yeah. I imagine they possibly were because yeah. the reports yeah. were influenced by agents, I would imagine mm-hmm. they're on a contract. Mm-hmm. So, Trevor, you, are you saying you're not, you, you don't blame Starbridge for sacking them then? Not well. The report doesn't say that either player run the contract. If, if, if they weren't, you can't stop that. Yeah. If they were, every right to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. It doesn't matter who they are. So, you know, it's the same as like Chris said, if that had been... Yeah. Ollie Pierce going for yeah. a trial somewhere, but he's got he's got a contract at Worthing. You've broken that contract, so of course, no, hundred percent. But would a fine or a suspension not suffice? Because then the club is like spiting themselves because they could get a you know a you know some sort of fee. It's not going to be huge, but they could get a contract release or something like that. And they've they've lost the chance of having some money sent into the club, which is all important in this levels. Maybe to attack them, to attack them, they mustn't be on contract to, to have just done that. Because they're losing the opportunity of getting a fee. Yeah, you'd mm. say find find them some wages or something like that. Or mm. it's a weird one. It would be interesting to know mm. more. I doubt we'll probably find out any more of it. I mean, if 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 we you never know, it might come up again. Yeah, but, but I just did thought... they did they leave Starbridge without enough players? You know, no, they like, still fulfilled one, their one... trophy because they, they got they got through to the round. Anyway, didn't they? Didn't they? They won. They're through to the yeah. next round. One, 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 one through. Which is why, it's, you know what I mean. It's kind yeah. of a, a nice point to end on because it's kind of well, like that's probably as, why you got rid of them. As I said, don't need them. No, don't, <laughs> don't need, need them, them anymore. <laughs> as we said, it's, it's it is a trophy game. It's like you know, it is important because it's money at the end of the day. They won. They don't need them. But as Chris said, would they have sat them because you're getting rid of a possibility of a fee there? Maybe they weren't under contract, which I find it even more peculiar because obviously they were, they were decent enough players to be sacked because they've been having a trial at a full-time club. But hey-ho, it's an interesting thing just to end on, really, because, you know, I personally think it's a bit harsh. Mm-hmm. But... It is harsh, but there's always three sides to a story, which we'll never we'll never know. Pete, have you got any shout-outs to end the podcast? I haven't, I haven't had a chance to have a look, to be honest. How about Johnny come lately? I haven't got any shout-outs. I just have one thing to say. Shout-out to BT for sorting my internet out. <laughs> a burger is not just a burger, James. I wasn't on the last one to have my say on it, but a burger is not just a burger. I don't think that was me that said it, was it? Uh, it was. Was it? Oh, yeah, it was. There you go. Can't remember what I said five <laughs> minutes ago. A burger, that, that, no. well, you haven't been to In-N-Out Burger yeah. in the US, mate, and then you'll know burger's definitely not a burger. Because actually like, going to a game this week as well. I'm going to two, mate. I'm going on Saturday as well. What games are you going to? I'm going to Lewis versus Cray tomorrow. Why would you bother? There's Worthy versus Folkestone, for God's sake. Uh, yeah, been to Worthy a couple of times now. Thanks. Um, better, better club. I'm, I'm doing, I'm probably doing Little Hampton United again at home on uh, Saturday at Step 7, just because a friend of mine does uh, some of the announcing down there. So. Oh yeah, of course he did. He was asking me how to unlock the box at Woodside a couple of weeks ago because he wasn't yes, sure he was. when he came down borrowed our ground. We know we, we know we know what Chris is doing in the next couple of games. We know what me and Peter are doing with uh, Folkestone. I say how I pronounce it again because I get out of my way for the season. Folkestone. 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 Whatever. Folkestone. That's it. You got it. Folkestone. And then we've got Corinthian casuals on Saturday. Trev, where are you going? Any football? Are you coming? So we seeing you at Woodside tomorrow? No, I'm going Lewis with Gaz tomorrow. Mm. So I'm going to shake Mr. Dixon's hand. When he scores a hat trick, oh, hopefully he does. Yeah, yeah, that's how he does. Well, I mean, the five five four they won at the weekend, cry at home to Carl yeah. Shorten when they were three one down, mm. and four three down as well. Mental, I'd like them to do us. I'd like them to do us a favour. To be fair, yeah. it'd be building a new ground as well. I drove past it today. Yeah, have they started building it yet? Yeah, yeah, they have finally. Yeah, because yeah. I know Pete said he was up there not before Christmas and they hadn't started yet, had they? Oh, as well, that was well before. Christmas Day. That was, that was the beginning of last year. It's a huge place. A big sign saying 
home of Cray Wanderers. Um, they were the outside building now. The oldest, yeah, the oldest club in London. And um, wasn't it? Wasn't the, their clubhouse a strip club or something? I was told by someone. No, it's on the site. But yeah, in, in the going back to, quite a few years. It was a pound a pint stripper. Yeah. But anyway, going back to going back to Lewis. Yeah, going back to go on. Lewis. Yeah. Pete, you no. don't want to talk about strippers. No. Okay, they were two 0 up on Saturday yeah. against Violence. You the four they're going to going to go on and win that. And Mr. Desmond, as you said, Desmond yeah. comes out. So yeah. So Lewis played tomorrow. Wroxham and Norwich United on Friday. Barnet and Stockport on Saturday, and then Southend and Barnet next Tuesday. Four games in yeah, seven days. If I remember rightly, Cray have had a change of management in the last month or so. Yeah, Grant, Grant Bassey and Gary Alexander in charge at the moment. Yeah, ex-Charlton guy. Ex-Barnet mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. yeah. But apparently, yeah, 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 he had a little spell at Cray as well. He's quite well highly thought of, which is why he's back there at the moment. But they're still yeah. only interim. Pert Chappie's in charge at the moment. So Yeah, because I think he's still at Charlton during the week or something. Or he's, that's his full-time Possibly, job. I think he's yeah. a coach there as yeah. well. But Cray, Cray uh-huh. are outside the bottom three now, aren't they? Yeah, if after that win, yeah. 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 Good to see. Mm. We like we like Dicko and his clubs wherever he plays, as long as it's not against us. But chaps, it's, uh, it's been a pleasure. Very interesting interview with David Blackmore. So once again, thank you for coming on, speaking about the uh, rigmarole that's been going on there at East Bar. We've talked quite a bit in depth about some clubs tonight. We'll look forward to seeing Kevin Phillips on the next episode, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> not when you're still Mickey out of his hair. I yeah. didn't. <laughs> that wasn't me. I, mate, can I take the mick out of anyone's hair? I'm going bald and trying to cover it up. It's not me. No, you can't. To be honest. Exactly. So maybe I would never. Oh, Kevin. Kev. Kev. Sorry, Chris. So we'll maybe get Kevin on to give James a few. I tips. would like that. Yeah. I mean, I think it, I think it's gonna. If you want to crowdfund a trip for me to go to Turkey, so I can get a hair transplant, that might be all right. Um, but, anyway, don't you? Yeah, I, I, the flight's no problem, mate. It's just the actual surgery. <laughs> we sell mops at work, mate. You can just you know dip them in some black paint or something. Yeah. What like that? Like that conservative MP? Like that MP, Tory MP? Yeah. yeah. That Tory MP. It's fabricants. Yeah, yeah, fabrican. Fabrican, yeah, it's been called worse. <laughs> what, James or the Tory? The Tory. <laughs> Probably me as well, to be fair. But um... they've got the last syllable of the surname wrong. Yeah, no, <laughs> we right, we're not going into politics now. It's a very slippy path, so we're doing that, mate. But uh, hopefully, in a couple of weeks' time, we can all feel a bit more confident, especially myself, in our league position. Can't we have a party? Yeah, we can have a party, mate. We can have a party whenever <laughs> we want. And uh, no one's going to tell anyone, and there's going to be lockdown rules. Hopefully, it'll be an end of season party with joint champions with South Shields and that's what we like to see we so. still have cheese and wine there though yeah uh, it'd, be more, it'd be more than cheese and wine mate it'd be more than cheese and wine guys thank you another another good episode we'll be back in a couple of weeks time uh, I'm sure this crazy world of non-league will not come down by then and we'll have plenty more to talk about but from all of us say goodnight chaps goodnight be seeing you are you PNLP